0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. How are we doing today? Ah, let me get situated here, get my notes. Ah. So, hi everybody, my name is John Carlos. I use he and pronouns, and I'm so excited to be with you today. We are talking about bodies. Um, I, um, when I was a high school student, um, if you can imagine me, I was 100 pounds. I was really, really skinny. I had a fro, like a, a good old-fashioned fro. I was very geeky. I was very nerdy. I was like in speech and debate and newspaper. I led a Bible study. That's what I did in high school. You probably were cooler than me in high school. Um, And my relationship with my body uh, was really interesting because my relationship with my body was kind of like an iPad on a stick. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen those, like that vision in 2012 of what remote work would look like? And it's like an iPad with a face on it, on a stick, on like one of those segways or one of those like hoverboards that just kind of goes around the office. That's my uh, vision for my body. Like the real me was like my soul, my spirit, my essence, and this body was just an iPad on a stick. It, it's just the thing I had to like use to get around. It was this thing that I had to carry, and honestly, the thing that got in the way. Um, I didn't really like my body. Um, I was really skinny. I didn't like taking my shirt off. I had a lot of shame about um, being small as, as an 11th grader, as a 12th grader. And I came from a religious background. I came from a Christianity that told me that the universe was made up of two ingredients. Number one, you had the physical. And number two, you had the spiritual. And everything was either physical or spiritual. But the problem, of course, of that dualism is that it affected everything. Right, like I remember um, I led a, a campus ministry and we, we read the Bible and we prayed. Um, there was another campus ministry at my school that was made up of athletes. And I, I was taught that following Jesus meant that the spiritual mattered and the physical kind of didn't. I was told that the spiritual was at the center. And so I learned how to pray, not how to exercise. I learned how to worship, not how to like sleep. Because at the core, I believed what mattered most was the spiritual. And what mattered least was the physical, right? And, and I had several ways of thinking about my body. Think about what is your relationship with your body. Like one way of thinking about my body was like a tool, right? Like a means to an end. Like if I'm a student, maybe I'll stay up all night so I can get a good grade. If I'm doing ministry, maybe I will make sacrifices so that I can make an impact in my community. Or for my job, maybe I'll skip lunch so I can get more things done. I saw my body like a tool. Like a tool. Um, And and honestly, I came from a religious background where that was like holy and sacred to consider ourselves last. Isn't that what following Jesus means? That you put everyone and everything first and then you put yourself last. And it felt spiritual. like, Like my blood, sweat, and tears were a currency. And I was giving them up in a transaction that was beautiful to God. Is that what it looks like to honor God with our bodies? Have any of you seen Toy Story 2? Toy Story 2 is an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Um, But it was one of the hardest Pixar movies to make. Um, It was one of the movies where they thought that they would like go bankrupt. And so they had their entire team working, day and night working to make this beautiful film. And eventually of course, that started taking a toll. You had these animators and these creators that were working on their dream, working on what they thought was their gift to the world. One specific day, there was a couple and both of them worked at Pixar. And they had been weeks and weeks of working and working and working, treating their bodies like tools to design beautiful arts. Um, And they had a child. And uh, it was the job of one of them to drive to work and the other to drive to work after dropping off their child. And so they would do that every morning. This specific morning, they get to work. And you could imagine that maybe they were animating Woody or making Buzz Lightyear. And around noon, they get together for lunch. And one of them asks them, how was dropping off our child? And the other responds with an oh no. Because that child was put in the car. That child was gonna get to daycare, but they were so worn out, they were so mentally fatigued that they went to work and didn't go to the daycare. That child was currently in a hot car in a Pixar parking lot for hours and hours. Now, what is that exactly? Just, let's just look at that for a moment. What is that? In order to make a family movie, must we destroy a family? In order to make a movie for children, does a child have to die? Now I'm here to say no. That child didn't die. They took him to the hospital. That child was okay. But a child was in a car for hours, for hours, for what? For Woody? For Buzz Lightyear? And you see, this this is shocking to me. But I do this every day. I sacrifice my liberation in the cause of liberation. I sacrifice my well-being in the cause of the well-being of others. And isn't that visually unappealing? Isn't that the opposite of what this thing is about? Isn't a child almost dying to make a Pixar movie the opposite of everything that Pixar is supposed to be? I treated my body like a tool. But of course, sometimes I've treated my body like a thing that gets in the way or a tool, but there have been moments where I've treated my body, if I'm honest with you, like trash, Uh, like something that's dirty, like something to be ashamed of. And I remember realizing I was gay in high school and being deathly afraid that my body was the reason I would go to hell. That my body was the reason that God would stop loving me. That my body, that my attraction to other men was the reason why God's unconditional love would make an exception for me. And I felt that way. Um, and this is you know, a trigger warning for violence, but I, I watched a queer movie this last week with friends, and there was this scene where one of the main characters, who's just amazing, who's just creative, and kind and gentle and thoughtful. He um, kisses uh, another guy and and is seen by a group of people and that group of people decide to uh, violently beat him up. And there was a scene where he's at the hospital and half of his face doesn't look like half of his face anymore. And I, I watched this as a gay person And there was just this clear understanding that when we dishonor a body, we dishonor God. There was this clear understanding that our bodies are holy and sacred and worth addressing our needs. And when a theology or a perspective treats a body not like the temple that it is, but like a piece of trash that God is not honored, Homophobia does not honor God. Transphobia does not honor God. Violence against our bodies does not honor God because you are not a tool. You are a temple. You are not a piece of trash. You are a temple. Your body is not the thing that gets in the way. Your body is the place where God resides. Your body is the temple of the most high God. Do you treat it as such? Or have you treated like something else? Have you treated it as if it's the last priority? Have you treated it like it's just a means to an end? Have you treated it like it's not worthy of the air it breathes? But you, my friend, you are a child of God. You are the temple of the most high God. And so I want to look at scripture with with you today. Um, And it's Paul. And sometimes Paul... (laughs) right? Like you have, I don't know what your relationship with Paul is, but like here he gives us something that if you would take it, would show you that there isn't the spiritual or the physical, they're actually the same thing. There is no dualism, there is no binary, it's actually the same thing. You may think greed is spiritual a problem, but greed is a physical problem, amen? Right? You may think uh, homophobia or uh, that those things are just like ideas and thoughts, but they have very physical effects. On the other hand, there are things that you may think are just physical, like violence and war, but I promise you those things are spiritual at the core. It's not spiritual and physical. They're actually the same thing. I'm not even claiming that they're connected. I'm claiming that they're the same and when we start seeing the world that way, it all changes. Another Pixar movie, have you seen Soul? No, don't worry, this one, I'm not gonna like ruin the movie for you, I promise. So um, that's what you think of when you think of a soul. It's like an ethereal, transparent, translucent, like phantom ghost substance, right? But you know what the Hebrews thought of when they thought of the word soul? In the word, uh, in Hebrew, the word soul literally translates as neck the most intimate, connected, embodied part of you, right? And so I want to look at this, and it says, don't you know that you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person because God's temple is holy, which is what you are. Now, I want to be honest. Let's be clear. This is both an individual reality and a collective reality. You are God's temple, and we are God's temple, amen? It's not just one or the other. I wish they would, you know, like, how, like, uh, conservatives, like, want to put the Ten Commandments in every building. I wish we would just put those two verses in every government building. Amen? Hallelujah. Destroy God's temple. Ah! Yeah. So, the, like, we need to treat bodies as if they are holy. We need to treat bodies as if they are sacred. My mother, she was a nurse for over 30 years. And as a result of being a nurse, her body Her body stopped working, right? And I saw my mother for two years fight and apply and get rejected and apply to get this ability. She took care of people all of her life, and now our community has a difficulty taking care of her. What is that exactly? Exactly. What is that but treating bodies like trash, but treating bodies like things that can be moved around and discarded, like treating bodies like tools that we use until they're spent and then we get a new one. You are not a tool. You, you're a temple. And so I want to talk to you about two types of needs today. The first need is the needs of your body, your body needs. The second needs are Uh, bucket needs. So we have body needs, we have bucket needs. Body needs are the things your body needs to be okay. The needs that if you don't have, damage will be incurred. They're like eating and drinking and sleeping and resting. But it's also deeper than that the the sense of safety the save the sense of belovedness the sense of whatever your body needs to be okay the peace the love the joy what your body needs to be okay but bucket needs are what you need for a specific category or bucket of your life so like for example a bucket need could a bucket could be your work your marriage dating right your friendships each of those has very specific needs and they're important But I will tell you that the needs of your body need not be negotiated. Like, I'm married. Sometimes I have to be like, hey, Fabo, you want to go to Ecuador? How long should you go to Ecuador? If Fabo says three weeks, awesome, let's do it. But if Fabo says a year, I'm going to be like, (laughs) I need you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would like to be with you. If you go for a year, that will not meet my desires, wants, and needs, right? And so we negotiate, right? We like, okay, like how's 12 hours? And if I was like, no, I'm gonna need longer than that, right? And so like we negotiate how long he's in Ecuador. And those needs are important and they're worth advocating for, but they are fundamentally negotiable. For example, I've been at workplaces where I've had too much work and not enough resources. Those things need to be negotiated. Those things need to be advocated for. But I'm here to tell you that you don't need to negotiate the needs of your body. You don't need to, t- you don't ask, you tell. You, you don't request, you notify. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the needs of your body are, are first. And so the way I think of this is like, I asked a survey of people, what gets in the way of them taking care of their needs? And the number one type of response was, how can I take care of my needs when everyone and everything asks so much of me? How can I take care of my needs when everyone and everything has so many needs? And so the option and the binary is, do I take care of me or do I take care of others? And that binary will not serve you. The reality is your invitation, the invitation of being a follower of Jesus is not to love you or to love others. Your invitation is to love from the inside out. Now, some of you have loved from the outside in for too long. You have given everything to everyone, and then what do you get? Crumbs. What do you get? Leftovers. What do you get but 3%? And you need more than 3%. I, I, I had a season at work where I, I just, I gave 120%. I worked extra, we, we, we needed to do all this important stuff for our organization. And I, I went to my mentor, and I thought that the problem was that I gave 120%. I should have just given 100. And my mentor was like, no. <laughs> he, the problem is, you gave more than 70%. Yeah. You needed 30% to exist, to manage, to answer incoming problems, to be a, a, a leader, to, to, like, be Okay. The problem is not that you gave 120 or 100. The problem is you shouldn't have given more than 70. In the year of our Lord 2023, we will no longer give 100%. In the year of our Lord 2023, we will not sacrifice our well being for the ethereal being of something else. You are holy, you are sacred, you are God's temple. Do you think God is honored by damaging his temple? Do you think God is honored by the destruction of his temple? He is not. We honor God by honoring our needs. We honor God by honoring our bodies. And so I realized that, yeah, I need to to start giving work and projects and things 20%, 30%, 50%, because I have to live, and my needs are important. And they're not just important, they're holy and sacred. So the opportunity is not to choose one. It's not a binary. It's to love. It's to love from the inside out. We start with your body's needs, and then because you address your needs, you can address others' needs. Have you ever tried to solve a problem at like 4.30 p.m. at work? It's not happening. There is no ability to come up with an idea, come up with a resolution. Why? Because your needs are not met. It's actually because we address our needs that we can address the needs of others. We put on our oxygen mask first, always, okay? So I saw my body as trash, I saw my body as a tool, I saw my body as this thing that gets in the way, but I've also seen my body as torn, as damaged, as broken. Um, a couple years ago, I, my life fell apart. Um, I dropped out of school not once but twice I uh, lost my job, I moved in with my parents, and I got a diagnosis. Uh, And when I got this diagnosis, I was like, oh, okay, well, how do we cure that? How do I unsubscribe? How do I opt out? How do I veto that? And my psychiatrist was like, "Uh, you don't. You're going to have this for the rest of your life. And it meant that I needed to shift and to change. It meant I needed to uh, change my, uh, the way I worked, the way I ate, the, wa- the way I slept. It changed my priorities and my guardrails and the things I needed to do to be okay. And some of us, we know what it's like to have a disability. It's not that you have chronic, it's not that you have pain now. It's that you're going to have chronic pain for the rest of your life. Like, what do we do with our depression and our bipolar and our anxiety and our OCD? What do we do with our fibromyalgia? What do we do with our chronic pain? And I remember being in that season and there was so much shame. It was hard enough to deal with difficulty, but there was a shame that I had all these needs, that I was weak, that I couldn't do the things I used to be able to do. There was a shame that I was broken, damaged, and torn. And what I, I could do, what I wish I could do to go back in time and remind myself that taking care of my needs was as holy and as sacred as important as any other task. There is no need to feel ashamed for taking care of your needs. There is no need to feel ashamed for being alive and being human. Your disability does not make you less of a temple to God. Your needs are worthy. And there are seasons of our lives when we will be in hospitals and we will be in in situations uh, with our families where the only task before us is to address our needs, the only task where 90% of your energy will go to addressing your needs or the needs of your family, and you will accomplish nothing more. And that is holy, and that is sacred, and that is beautiful. We have looked down too much on surviving. Surviving means taking care of you, and you are worthy of being taken care of. You are worthy. So there, there needs to be no shame. And we need to analyze shame of weakness or shame of being needs as a product of empire, not a product of following Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so what do we do to live like temples and not like things and tools and trash? How do we live this out? I believe we need to ask. And the first ask that we need to have and I want you to do this with me. I want you to take your hand and put it on your heart. I want this to be a new spiritual practice for you. We ask ourselves, what do I need? What do I need? And if you listen, your body will tell you, if you listen, your body will tell you, if you listen, your body will tell you that your shoulders have carried too much, if you listen, your body will tell you that your eyes have seen too much zoom, if you listen, your body will tell you that your legs need rest, if you listen, your body will tell you that your lungs just need a catch of breath, Your body will tell you what you need, but you have to ask. Some of you haven't asked, and it's easier not to ask because maybe if you don't ask, those needs aren't real, but they're as real as they've ever been. You can can put your hand down. We have to ask our body what it needs as a spiritual practice. I would do this every hour if you need to, every 30 minutes. Ask your body what it needs, and you will have an answer. You will know what you need to take care of you bucket needs negotiable body needs non-negotiable amen the next thing we're going to do is we're going to ask god we're going to ask god for what we need and i'm just you know i'm gay married and christian a lot of people are like why are you still a christian it's a real good question why are you still a christian and i am a christian for many things for many reasons but one of the fundamental reasons I'm still a Christian is because God has been my provider. God has been my ever-present help in times of trouble. God has been my source and my supply. I have been in hospitals and psych wards. I have been homeless. I have been in jail. God has been my provider. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? God has been my source. God has been my every need. And I, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't say that flippantly. I really don't. Like, I have, I, I, I have almost drowned. God has helped me. Like, I have, I have not had food. God has gotten someone to pay for my Chipotle. I, I mean, I just have seen the Lord, our God, provide. Because that is who she is. She is provider. Yeah, yeah. She is provider. She, she is love. And so we bring our needs to God because she cares for us. We bring our needs to God because who she is is source. Now, I think it's really important theologically that we understand that when we ask God for something, we do not need to persuade her. We do not need to negotiate with her. We do not need to bargain with her. The only reason our God does anything for us is because she loves us. Yeah. The only reason God does anything for you is because you are a child of God. So ask God for what you need. Ask God for what you need and watch. Watch as God uses that in a powerful way. Powerful way. So I'll, I'll close with this. I have a friend of mine who's a part of this community. They like making, uh, they like making terrariums. Um, do you know what a terrarium is? Yeah. A terrarium is like you take a a giant um, a giant uh, glass kind of bottle or container sealed. And, and you put it inside, you put soil, you put plants, you put minerals, you put water, you put all the ingredients to create the self-sustaining, self-contained ecosystem in like a bottle. Um, and I think that's so cool. But I'm here to tell you that you're not a terrarium. <laughs> you're not self-sustaining. You're not self-sufficient. You need lots of things and that's okay because your needs are holy just as you are holy. But I'm here to remind you that while you may not be a terrarium, we are. We are a community where our needs can be met. We are a community where our needs can be addressed. We are a community that can be self-sustaining and can be self-sufficient. In an empire that's so toxic, in an empire that's so oppressive, the early church, they knew how to be a terrarium. They sold their property to gave to anyone who had need. They, they distributed food. They, they shared things because their understanding of God was that to honor God, we have to honor bodies. We honor God by taking care of the poor. We honor God by giving those who are hungry something to eat. We honor God by honoring our bodies. So while you are not a terrarium, we can be. And, and, and my prayer for you And my prayer for us is that we would treat our needs as holy and as sacred as we've always been. Thank you.